Amen. Can you give that band one more hand? A great Christmas song. Merry Christmas, church family. I have to admit, I, I want to apologize to you. I, I, I feel terrible about it, uh, but I feel like I'm the culprit while we have all this bad weather out here. See, I've been praying for a white Christmas this year. Has anybody else been praying for a white Christmas? I didn't pray for the ice. I didn't pray for the negative 30 uh, wind chill factors, but I pray for a white Christmas. You know what? God still answers prayers. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to continue to worship and sing praises to our God. We you know the Christmas story started with a song when the angels were saying, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill to man. So let's sing.
Good afternoon, evening, Merry Christmas. Uh, my name is Dennis Dove. I'm the executive minister here. I'm glad you guys weathered the, the weather uh, to make it here, so I want to welcome you. I remind you, too, when I'm done praying after this, there's communion stations set up uh, around uh, the building here for you to grab that. And there's also uh, candles uh, for the, the song at the end, so make sure to grab a candle for everyone in your family as well when you come up. There's offering boxes there. Uh, with the red envelopes, remember that together offerings are end-of-the-year offering, that everything will go to missions uh, directly uh, that you put in the red envelope. So if you brought those or need those, we have some there at the offering boxes as well. So, hey, I love this time of year because, well, my kids all kind of come back, right, you know, so it's fun to get together with family and with friends and just have lots of food and more food. Um, and to see shows and, and watch movies. And, and recently we saw there's a new one on Apple TV called Spirited, um, which is kind of a musical comedy uh, takeoff of A Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol was never one of my favorite movies. You know, Tiny Tim rocked. But beyond that, I'm not one for Ghost of Christmas Past, Present, um, and Future. But as I was preparing for this and, and watching that, I, I did get to thinking about Christmas Past, Christmas Present, and Christmas Future. And that, you know, when you take communion, you know, we used to have the big table that said, do this in remembrance of me. And we remember, like, the Christmas past of Jesus being born. That's what we're celebrating here during this time of year, Jesus being born. But it's so much more than that, right? Because he was born to be our Savior, right? He was born to die so that each of us could live. And Christmas present here is what we're doing right now at this communion time at Christmas fellowshipping with each other as we remember that God loved us so much that he sent his son to die on the cross even though I don't deserve it and you don't deserve it he loved us so much that he did that and we get to share that together right now and Christmas future in 1 Corinthians it says when you take the bread and drink from the cup you're proclaiming God's death until he comes he is coming again and in the Christmas future We'll be in the glory of God. So as you remember the past, the present, and the future, remember your past, your sins are forgiven and forgotten. In the present, God loves you so much that he died for you. And in the future, we will be in heaven in his glory. Let's pray. Dear Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for this time of year. I thank you for the chance to fellowship with these people. I thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your love for us that you sent him down in a manger but then to grow and show us the example and to die for me and to die for everyone here, even though we don't deserve it, Lord. You're awesome and holy. Help us to glorify you in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.
angels greet with anthems sweet While shepherds watch our keeping This, this is Christ the King Whom shepherds guard and angels see of Mary So bring him incense gold and myrrh compares and king to own the king of kings Salvation brings Let loving hearts Enthrone Him This, this is Christ The King Whom shepherds God And angels sing Haste, haste to bring Him low the fame, the sound of Mary. Oh, this, this is Christ of King, whom shepherds God and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring Him know the fame, the sound. Come, let us adore Him. Let us sing praises to the Savior of the world. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. Goodwill to man. Oh, come adore our King.
time Foundations of the earth and sky You saw it all and said that it was good The joy was set before your eyes You knew that you would give your life You saw it all and said that it was good His final breath, he tore the veil. The angels sing, holy is his name. Defeated death, broke the grave. Our hope returned, the lost are saved. We lift our voice distant home God loves he sees all people in all places and it's easy for us to imagine that he does so from this perspective high beyond distant but then Christmas it appears without earthly fanfare or celebration. The cry of this child screams that the same God who is above and beyond and distant has not only come close to us, but that he's indeed with us. So what if the name Emmanuel means what it means? Today, now, with us, the manger proclaims that the very presence of God is now present with us. In the mundane, in the uncertainty, in the mystery that lies beyond our understanding or explanation. God himself is with us in our joy and our happiness. He's with us in our sadness and our brokenness. He celebrates in the light with us. And he holds us in the dark with faithful and secure arms. What if the name Emmanuel means what it means? Christmas not only begs that we ask that question, but also provides the answer that our hearts have been longing for all along. Can this possibly be? Yes, it can. And it is. God with us.
church. Dennis said, I love Christmas. I want to thank you guys for coming, uh, for making the effort to get out and to be here. Uh, because, uh, yeah, it was a little extra. It was a little extra. You all drove safe. You, you made it. Take care of it. The first hour where I was preaching and I looked on, looked on the app afterwards and and one of our friends in Pakistan had been watching and commented. Yeah, one of the ladies that goes to Yusuf's church where every time they come to worship, it's dangerous. Not slick roads or, or flu bugs or whatever. It's like, somebody going to show up here with guns and machetes and we're not going to make it home? And yet they still come and worship. And they worship with us from halfway around the world. It's amazing. It's amazing. So I want to say thank you guys for being here. And I love our staff kills it every year with the decorations at Christmas. I mean, it's, inc- yeah. it's incredible. And, and, and our praise team is always good. I don't know about you. I just feel like this month has been like off the hook. Uh, they And I promise you, I promise you, this is the only church in the state of Kentucky where you got to hear Trans-Siberian Orchestra, a hammer dulcimer, and a mandolin in addition to drums and guitars. I promise you that. And, <laughs> hey, here's the deal. No matter what it was, No matter where it happened, no matter when it happened, no matter who it happened with, when you're going through something good or bad, God was present. It didn't catch him off guard, it didn't surprise him. We've been talking for the last four weeks about this whole idea of Emmanuel, which means God with us. The angel told Mary and Joseph they were going to have, be blessed and have a child, and the child will be called Emmanuel. So far we've talked about how God was with us in the valleys, and he's with us in the wilderness, he's with us in the storms. And you know, the interesting thing is, when you think about this idea of Christmas, tonight and tomorrow... All around the world, in almost every country, in every spoken language, in every culture, and even in almost every religion, people are going to be recognizing, if not celebrating, at least recognizing the birth of Christ. It goes with the 
season. You ask a little children, what's Christmas? And if you can get them past Santa and the reindeer, they're on oh, the birth of Jesus. And the majority of the world would acknowledge that even if they don't accept that as their life changing, they're like, oh, Christmas, that's the, the birth of Jesus. And they know that. But do they know that it means God is with us? Do they understand that? But I want to go beyond that tonight as we kind of wrap up this series and wrap up this year. While most of the world recognizes that Christmas is about Christ, it's all about Jesus. And what about before Christmas? That first one, that one in Bethlehem. What about before that? And, and and then Jesus came and history records that he lived on this planet with us for 33 years and then he went back to be the fun. Well, what about after that? Is God with us still? What we need to understand is God was with us. God was present in the beginning. In fact, if you've got your Bibles, I'm going to share several different passages of Scripture. You can look them up. You can just jot down the text. You can see them on the screen. Whatever it does to help you. But in the very first page of your Bible, here's how it starts. In the beginning, God. If you can get past those first four words, you're well on your way. If you can get to that point, then yes, in the beginning, God, omnipresent, always there, God created the heavens and the earth. Then verse 2 tells us that the earth was without form and void and darkness covered the earth. Darkness is a little uncomfortable, isn't it? Till you get used to it. The scary thing is, a lot of our world is living in darkness and they're getting used to it. But then creation starts. In verse 3, it says, on that first day, God said, Let there be light. And everything changed. God brought light in the world. You see, based on what I can see about it, it says that God saw the light was good, and that God separated light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. God was in opposition to darkness from day one. From day one, God was in opposition to darkness. And yet, since day one, or at least since... The time in the Garden of Eden that we read about in chapter 3, the world's been filled with darkness. We live in a pretty dark world right now, don't we? Turn on the news, get on your computer, get on your phone. A lot of dark stuff out there. And yet the very first thing that God created was light. It was his trump card to darkness. And God, the, the Trinity God was with us in the beginning. All of God, not just creator God, God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit from the very beginning. In fact, get this. Get your mind around this. There has never been a moment in history that Jesus wasn't present. 
Never a moment in history that Jesus wasn't present. He was there in the beginning. As God got down to the part of creating man, he said, let us create man in our image. He's talking Father, Son, Holy Spirit. In the book of Philippians, when Paul is challenging people, the Philippian church, about how they should live, and he told him, he said, your attitude, your attitude, people got attitudes today, right? He said, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, creator, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Jesus, the very nature of God, did not consider that equality with God, the Father, something to be grasped, held on to, clung to, but he humbled himself and came to earth, take on the form of a servant, even, and humbled himself even to the point of death. There's never been a moment in history that Jesus wasn't present. Now, that first Christmas in Bethlehem was special because on that day, God became flesh and came here. Now, it's interesting when you read the gospel accounts of, of Christmas. In Matthew and Luke, you get these very detailed uh, Christmas stories, nativity stories. They include genealogies and everything like that. You get to the gospel of John, and John, the writer of that gospel, was Jesus' best friend while he was here on earth. John doesn't waste time with all that stuff. He just cuts right to the quick, and he says, In the beginning, the Word already existed. That word he's talking about is Jesus. Jesus already existed. And the word Jesus was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his, his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. In the beginning there was darkness and God said, let there be light. Let there be light. God understood the problem of the total darkness in the beginning. And then God took another step against the darkness in opposition to the darkness by allowing the light of the world to come to earth. Do you know that at least 27 times in the New Testament, Jesus is referred to as the light of the world? In fact, that light... That light is part of our reminder that we're never alone. The psalmist David understood that when he wrote uh, Psalm 23, that we read at memorial services. And he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are what? With me? Now, the valley of the shadow of death. What is the one constant for a shadow? For there to be a shadow, there has to be light. It doesn't exist without it. And so even in the worst times that we go through in life, he's saying that even in those moments when the shadows are getting deep and hard, there's light creating those shadows. There's light behind those shadows. Jesus is already there. He was part of the creation and he came to be in this creation for 33 years. 
And then I love, I love how the message uh, reads. And Eugene Peterson translated the message and he got to John chapter 1 and he got down to verse 14 and I love what he wrote there. He translated it this way. He said, and the word, talking about Jesus, became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. I love that. He moved into the neighborhood. He saw the glory of God with our own eyes and the one of the kind glory, the father like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Jesus moved into the neighborhood neighborhood into your neighborhood onto your street he's on your neighborhood facebook page yeah that means he sees what you're posting on there (laughs) watch out in your apartment complex or your condominium group but but instead here's here's how that goes instead of being really excited about that that we're never alone many people think well that's a little too close that's a little too close. Because he'll see what I do. Yeah. He'll hear what I say. Yes, sir. He'll see who I hook up with. Yes, ma'am. He'll know when I'm skipping out on church. Yep, you got it. And so when the world thinks about it that way, they think, you know, I don't, I don't need a big brother helicopter kind of savior. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You need the greatest equalizer of all time living in your hood. Watching you and guiding you. And although he's no longer walking the earth in person, you're still not alone. Because now, God's Holy Spirit is here. There's never been a moment in history that Jesus wasn't present. But get this, there was also a never, there has never been a moment in history that the Holy Spirit wasn't present. Just like it wasn't, Jesus wasn't created on Christmas Day to be born in a manger, the Holy Spirit wasn't created on the day of Pentecost to come into people. They were present from the beginning. God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all in one, all from the beginning. In fact, I skipped over part of verse 2 of Genesis 1 when things suddenly got dark in here. Verse 2, at the end of it says, And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, over the face of the earth. (laughs) So that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the spirit of God that is the Holy Spirit was hanging out hovering over everything watching over everything and then look what Jesus said in John 14 he's been here he's lived he knows the end is coming he's got his disciples together and he says this to him verse 15 if you love me do what I say keep my commandments And I will get this, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate. I love that translation. Who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth, and the world cannot receive Him because it wasn't looking for Him and doesn't recognize Him. But His disciples said, But you guys know Him, don't you? Because he lives within you now because you've invited me into your life and therefore the Holy Spirit is part of your life now He said I won't abandon you as orphans. I'll come to you 
And soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me since I live, you also live. I love how Jesus says, hey, don't worry, I, I'm not going to be here all this time. But then when I, when I have to go, when I have to go back to, back to heaven, I'll ask the Father to send another advocate, the Holy Spirit. I love that terminology, advocate. Because what is that advocate? By definition, here, the dictionary says an advocate is one who publicly supports or recommends a particular cause or policy or person. Not just an advocate, but one who will never, ever leave you. Have you ever had a friend tell you, I got your back, I got your six, I, I, I'm here no matter what, thick and thin. You're my ride and die guy. I'm, I'm here no matter what. And as soon as it hit the fan, they're ghosts. Can't find them nowhere. When I was, when I was a freshman in college, uh, me and my three roommates, and we were, I was lucky. I had the same three roommates all through college. And we were all athletes. They were all basketball players. I was a baseball player. So I'm the shortest one in, in the suite. And we were on the top floor of this dorm with a bunch of seniors all up and down the hallway. And they had this, well, now they would call it bullying or hazing and you'd get in trouble. This is part of life back then. They would come down the hallway every once in a while and knock on doors. When you open the door, there'd be like 20 of them out there and they'd pig pile you. You know what pig pile is? Like they, you'd open the door and they'd just charge and just jump on you and pig pile you. And, and you know, it wasn't like, they weren't killing you or anything like that. It was, but so I, I hear I'm coming down the hall. I look at my roommate, John, and the other guys. We're bigger than some of those guys. Here's what we're going to do. I'll open the door when they get here, and I'll jump first. And then you guys come pile on. We'll get them in the hallway before they get in here and get us. And they're like, yeah, 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 that's a good idea. So sure enough, here they come down the hallway. I'm ready. I open the door. I jump, and as my feet leave the ground, I hear the bathroom door shut behind me. <laughs> and I'm all alone. That's kind of funny now. It was even actually kind of funny later on that night. But how many times have you been in a situation when you really needed someone who promised they would always be there for you until they weren't? Until you really needed them and they weren't. See, Emmanuel is the ability that we have of knowing that we will never be alone. That he will never leave us. The Holy Spirit of God will never, ever leave us. But another thing about an advocate, if they're a good advocate, they'll advocate for you, but they'll also advocate with you and they'll tell you when you're wrong. Now, if my buddies hadn't wanted to do that and thought it was a dumb idea, they could have said, Dave, you're an idiot. There's 20 of them. There's four of us. Yeah, we might be taller than some of them, but there's a lot of them. This is a bad idea. If they really wanted to advocate for me, they could have said that. They could have said, let's all go hide in the bathroom. But they didn't. They said, yeah, good idea. We got you. We got you. Until they didn't. You see, a good advocate will tell you when you're wrong. And a lot of the problems we get into in life is we share something with somebody that's a really dumb idea. 
but they don't want to hurt our feelings. And so they don't tell us. And then we do it. And we're in trouble and we need them. And they're not there. And that hurts our feelings. Do you see what? They could have avoided the hurt feelings just by doing it in the first place. See, an advocate will tell you the truth no matter what. And our advocate, our holy advocate, won't advocate for something he doesn't approve of. Because at the point that an advocate advocates for something they don't approve of, they're no longer an advocate. They are an enabler for the adversary. When my buddies left me, all they did was make me easy prey for 20 guys. That's not what a real advocate does. He won't ever leave you. So although it's comforting to know that we're never alone, we've also got to know that we've got free will to make our own choices. And guess what? That free will to make our own choices, guess what we do? Sometimes we make some really stupid ones. Sometimes we make some really bad ones. And we get stuck with the consequences of them. But the Holy Spirit will never advocate for a choice that is outside of the will of God. Yeah, you can do what you do. You can do whatever you want to do. But if what you want to do is outside of the will of God, don't count on the Holy Spirit to always be there for you. He can't advocate for something that's not part of him. That's part of his being. So God is present in the beginning, in creation. But let's finish this up by bringing it down to, okay, what about now? God is present in life. God is present in life. The Holy Spirit is our current Emmanuel who is with us in life. How do we live then? You see, if he's advocating, if God's advocating, or the Holy Spirit's advocating for a holy God who over and over again promises to never, never leave us or forsake us, no matter how many times we leave or forsake him. You know how many times we walk away? We walk away from the best deal ever. No, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I got this. In our recovery ministry, we know that that phrase, I got this, is the initial words of relapse. We're about to go out on our own and we're about to mess up. It's only when, no, I don't got this, I need, I need an advocate. And God is with us all the time. Love isn't something that God does. Love is who he is. See, God could have shouted love from heaven, but instead he sent it to earth. The New Testament talks about it. It talks about God being with us in that verse that we always read with the Christmas story. We've read it a bunch this month in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. And uh, the angel came and talked to Joseph Mary and said, The virgin will conceive a child and receive a son and name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then that same baby grew up to be a man, lived, he was crucified, he died, he rose from the dead. He's at the very end, he's getting ready to go back to be with the Father. At the very end of Matthew's gospel, in chapter 28, verse 19, he says, And here's the deal, I want you guys to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything, to do everything I told you to do. And guess what? I'll be with you always, even to the very end of the age. That sounds Emmanuel, doesn't it? From the beginning of his time here on earth until he went back to me, I'll be with you. 
I'll never leave you. In the Old Testament, the Old Testament was talked about. And God gave Moses a blessing to pray over Aaron in the book of Numbers in chapter 6. And so Moses prayed this prayer over his brother. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you peace. That sounds like a blessing of I'll be with you. Emmanuel. God speaking to Joshua as he's getting ready to lead the people. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8, he says, don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord will personally go ahead of you. That sounds Emmanuel. He said, I'll be with you. And never, neither will fail you or abandon you. God is present in life just like he was present in the beginning. But God is also present in death. And Christmas is a great time. Dennis, uh, my favorite time of the year. I love it. Yeah, that's why we're tired. What's up with that? I don't know. Trying to be bread or something. I don't know. But some of you, a whole lot of people in our church, this is the first Christmas without... Fill in the blank. Mom, dad, husband, wife, brother, sister, best friend, child. And so Christmas, well, it's all a great celebration. For some, it's really hard. But the good news I got is that God is present in death. Eight years ago, tomorrow morning, my life changed forever. As I stood in my dad's room and watched him run to the Father. Christmas morning. A lot of people tell me, oh, it's terrible, terrible to lose your dad on Christmas. Well, first of all, I didn't lose him. I know exactly where he's at. And second of all, what a better day to meet Jesus. But I know this, because I know what was going on in that room. And I know God was present in that room. I cry a lot more now than I did then because I miss him. But that day, God was in the room as my dad ran to the Father. Several years earlier, I stood with Kim and her dad and her two sisters. And we were waiting for her brother to get to her mom's hospital room and we stood there and Mike walked in finally and said mom I'm here and I watched Ann breathe two more times and then run to the father God was present in that room and death and, 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 and it's, it's, sometimes it's not easy but God says funeral services memorial services they aren't for the deceased they're for the living. They're for those of us that survive and are trying to figure out how to go on and how to make the best out of life. I say one thing at every funeral I do now. God gave me this about 10 years ago. And I said it at some of the funerals for your loved ones, and I will say it at every one I do until I die. Because about 10 years ago, God showed me that that person who was deceased, whether they be male or female, old, young, black, white, follower of God or not, If they could come back and say just one more thing to their loved ones, they'd all say the same thing. 
Every one of them would say exactly the same thing. They would all say to the people they care about, you better get it right with Jesus. Because whether they, whether it went well for them or it didn't, they have met him. And if they are with him, they would want you to be with them. And if they aren't, they would want you to be with him. I guarantee it. Get it right with Jesus. And guys, see the world says, yeah, I believe in Jesus. We got to get past that Ricky Bobby, eight pound, six ounce, sweet baby Jesus. It's not that baby Jesus. It's the Messiah, Emmanuel, Jesus, who is coming back to claim his bride, the church. That Jesus. You better get it right with Jesus. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that Kim and I have a heritage of people who got it right. Not all of them, Lord, but most of them. And so we want more than anything else for the rest of our time here to leave a legacy for our kids and our grandkids and our great-grandkids and our great-grandkids to a thousand generations who we won't ever meet until we get to be together forever. God's with us in the, in the beginning. He's with us in life. He's with us in death. Finally, he's, he's present in eternity. I, I've used the terminology present a lot because we need to understand this. When it comes to eternity, God... God is present in eternity. You and I have to decide if we want to be with him. Because for him to be with us, we have to be with him. And for us to be with him, we have to accept him. And people tell me all the time, or come to me, how in the world could a good God send anyone to hell? He doesn't. Remember that free will thing? We choose. Remember I said sometimes we make really dumb choices. Well, how can he allow that? How can he not allow it? The the only other way would be to say that his commandments, his rules, his guidance, his do this as I say, doesn't really matter. You just do you. You do you is, is... Sounds great. But you do you only works if you hold the keys to heaven. And since you don't, it seems to me like you ought to do God and do his ways. So the bottom line is this. It's what I started with. No matter what it was or when it was or where it was or who it was with, you're going through something good or bad you never have to be alone God is there the question is are you with him have you allowed him total access to your life have you run to the father Thursday night, it was so cool. We, we, we did this service a little different, but a lot. we got to this point. We stood and we sang, and Michelle ran to the Father and was baptized, and we got to celebrate. 
Maybe you need to run to the Father tonight. Would you guys stand with me? As we sing this song, Jason will be back in the decision room. Dennis is in here. We've got other staff in here. If you need to talk to somebody, you need to pray with somebody, whatever might be going on, our prayer this Christmas Eve is that you wouldn't leave here if you haven't run to the Father. to us. 
To us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counsel mighty god everlasting father and the prince of peace you sing that out noel close out our service by singing Salonite together.
Merry Christmas to all. Y'all have a good evening. May your new year be bright. May you have a safe trip home. Thank you for joining us tonight. God bless.